I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Hello there and welcome back to This Song Is Yours. I'm Simon Fink, your host, and I'm excited to have you join us for episode 317. Today, we're entering into the captivating world of Glum, the alter ego of UK singer-songwriter Ella Smoker. Her music paints a sonic canvas with flickers of electronica, dream pop and discordant garage punk, all anchored by the sturdy embrace of her acoustic guitar. This versatile lo-fi sound created by Glum offers an immersive escape for listeners while remaining deeply engaging. So fresh off the heels of signing with Secretly Canadian earlier this year, which is just for our own opinion one of our favourite indie labels, Glum recently unleashed her second single, Easy Fun. In today's episode, we're fortunate enough to have Glum join us as we unravel the journey behind this intoxicating new song and gain insights into her creative process within the studio. That is not all. We are going to explore the musical influences as well that have shaped Glum's artistry, delving into the profound impact of her parents' musical tastes and how they've affected her own compositions. Additionally, we're going to touch upon the topic of touring and get a glimpse into Glum's future experiences that are going to come next year while on the road. So we very much appreciate Ella's time and we want to say a massive thank you to her for joining us on the pod today. We also want to say a massive thank you to Emma from Positive Feedback for her help as well with today's episode. Before we dive into this enchanting conversation, please ensure you subscribe to This Song Is Yours on your preferred podcast platform. Stay tuned for our latest episodes by following us on social media. All the details are available in the show notes for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in once again, and let's delve into the enchanting world of Glum with Ella Smoker. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Ella Smoker, aka Glum. Hello, Ella. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited to have you here. I know it's um, an incredibly kind of busy and exciting time for you at the moment, so I appreciate that we get to have a little bit of a chat. I know that there's new music coming out. Uh, you signed a very cool record kind of deal this year as well, so I want to talk about that a little bit later, but I'm just excited that we get to chat about new music because I know that there's a brand new single. It's called Easy Fun. It's been out, I think, two weeks now or so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Coming up to two yeah. <laughs> Congratulations yeah. on this single. It is a um, it is a brilliant single. It's a little bit more mysterious than some of the other stuff I've heard from you this year. But yeah, firstly, congrats on this song. Thank you. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It, it's, um, yeah, as I said, it's kind of a little bit more, I won't even say darker in a way. It seems a little bit more... Um, I hate continually using the word mysterious, but it does kind of seem to not 
reveal everything to the listener in the one first listen, which I kind of love. Can you talk us through, I guess, the inspiration for Easy Fun and where this song kind of came from? I mean, with Easy Fun, it was kind of, it was in like um, a big stint of sessions I was doing with uh, Karma Kid. So we'd just been like going all out, trying loads of different things at that time because we sort of had the space and freedom to do it. And um, Easy Fun, Karma Kid came in being like, let's just try something that's like different, a bit out of your comfort zone. He started like doing stuff because usually it's very collaborative and we're working at the same time. But he was like went in and I was having to sort of like (laughs) chase after him with it. And um, I was just thinking that, if I was going to be doing something that different, I would do different topics to sing about and, like, a different vocal style. I just wanted to, like, really get out of my comfort zone and try different things. So Easy Fun was basically just me having a bit of fun, I guess. <laughs> I do kind of love that approach. I know that um, the previous single that came out, I think, a month or two before that was called That's Called Splat and sonically somewhat different as well, very much still glum, but... Um, sonically somewhat different for you how important is it I know when you said usually it's more a collaborative process um, how important is it for you when you are writing or kind of creating music that it does have its own personality in in a kind of track and in a kind of song Um, I think it is always really important I think it's also I find it important to be very involved in the whole writing process. Like, I find it difficult to come in to something that's already been started without me there. I feel like I really need to be there from the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, otherwise, I just can't seem to wrap my head around it. So in that way, I feel like I'm always able to sort of direct where I want things to go and what sort of, like different thing I want to do in that session which is fun of course I know there's been a lot made about um I want to say like different genres or like people having to kind of stick to not to one thing but you know what I mean in terms of that like if you're a pop artist you only do pop if you're an indie artist you only do indie and I think that one thing I really like about Glum and and a lot of I want to say new artists in the last few years is that I think genre and wanting to do what you want to do with a track doesn't have to be confined by like your artist project if that kind of makes sense that you're able to bring all these different elements into it and have it be its own thing yeah I completely agree I feel like I don't know if I feel like everyone's saying this you've probably thought this is that like genre these days I think there's not really much left that's like very much one like clear-cut genre and mm-hmm. I think even, like, trying to squeeze into one specific genre these days is actually harder than just letting it be <laughs> loads of things, um, which I think is really exciting. And I love seeing all the new stuff that's always coming out that's, like, surprising and something that I've never heard before and wouldn't expect from certain artists. Agreed. I think it's, it is definitely something where if you can have your, um, your expectations kind of subverted by an artist or a musician and kind of show, it's always nice to feel uncomfortable in a way, in a sense of like a surprise, kind of like uncertain of that you are going to feel a way about a piece of music when you're used to one kind. And I think it's almost 
kind of indicative of of how people listen. Like I think for yourself, I know that um, that, that you, you are a young artist. I know that I think in doing my research for today, having a look, you were exposed to so many different kinds of music growing up and so it's kind of natural and just normal that you would have all these different elements playing around within your sonic kind of soundscape. Yeah, I mean, I think just coming from listening to so much different music and enjoying so many different vibes of music throughout my entire life, it never made sense to me to just stick to one thing deliberately. Like, I've always wanted to feel like I'm able to run off in some direction and make, like, some crazy different song. (laughs) Um which and I think it just keeps things like exciting and like fresh mentally when you're trying to write as well which I think is really good yeah 100% I know I think was it your parents who were into big into rockabilly yeah they still are my dad um, (laughs) is an avid record collector so in our house there's just this like whole wall of records and it would just be like hillbilly rock and roll, country, like some like really, really old gospel record that's like really crackly, like like anything you wanted to find, it's there. So growing up <laughs> and always hearing that in the house, I think definitely, in, and like that wasn't my personal taste in music. When I was a kid, I was into like Britney Spears and stuff, as you would be. So mm-hmm. it was there was so many different genres coming from all angles. And I think it's just great to be that open to music and being shown so much music that you wouldn't have approached otherwise. 100%. When um, when you were living at home and when you were kind of being exposed to all those different kinds, um, do you remember your first interaction, I guess, with songwriting and wanting to kind of try your own music? Yeah. I um, My parents will not let me live this down. I was like <laughs> probably like seven or something. And um, I, I, like, was in my room. I was writing this whole song with, like, old Tupperware and, like, like chopsticks and, like, pretending to play drums, right, in a song like that. <laughs> and it was, like, some, like, narrative story song about me going into the jungle and making friends with, like, a monkey. And then we, like, came back to Croydon and we were hanging out. And my parents, <laughs> I was, like, I, like, sat them down. I was, like, doing a big performance. And they were like, <laughs> like crying from trying not to laugh at me in my face. But I um, noticed and I was like so offended. I was like, this is like a masterpiece and you're laughing at me right now. Like, are you joking? It was just me like hitting some Tupperware singing some like, I don't know. <laughs> so that was I, my breakthrough. Uh, <laughs> into I absolutely love that. <laughs> I look forward to possibly hearing if when we at any point in maybe 20 years down the track get like the B-sides and rarities kind of collection from Glum, mm. I look forward to hearing that maybe maybe make a feature on there. Very, very deep cut, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, do, um, what do your parents make of Glum now and the songs that you're currently writing? Um, I think they're very proud parents. They always have been. They've always, because they love music, they've always nurtured my love of music and been really like supportive trying to like push me into the right directions with things even when I was like 
not able to believe in myself and I was like, this is all stupid, I can't do it anyways. And they would always be the ones that really pushed it. So I think they're very happy that it's actually, like, worked out into something um, that I am, like, passionate about and propel myself to do. So, yeah, they, they love it. They, I think they almost exclusively listen to my music now. <laughs> and I always will show them new music. They love it. They're really, really involved and it's really, really nice. That's absolutely awesome. Are either, are either of them musical? Do they ever kind of give notes on like, oh, maybe we should go major chord or maybe we should change the lyric here? Not so much in that way, um, but... My dad has very specific taste in music because he likes all the old <laughs> stuff. He's very much against, like, um, not against, but he's just not that into the more electronic side, which is I've done a lot more of the electronic side. So sometimes he's trying to make all these suggestions about, well, maybe you could uh, try to do a bit of this and a bit of that. And <laughs> it's, um, but I also understand that it's not really completely his cup of tea the only reason it's his cup of tea is because i'm his daughter <laughs> of course there's a vested interest there for him <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um for yourself and i guess for some of these songs what is the usual process like for you are you i know you said you like to kind of be involved from the start is it that it will build upon a lyric to begin with or do you working with a producer, kind of come up with a beat or a melody and then kind of structure it from there? Well, originally when I started writing music and it was by myself, it would always start with me and guitar. So I always kind of these days when I'm in the studio, I'll try and start on that as well. I'm really into writing on nylon string guitars specifically. So that's been like over the last year, that's like almost exclusively how I'll start things out. <laughs> And once we've got some set of like chords down or mood or something like that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I don't know. It's almost like I black out and then it's just like we're like bouncing off each other, chucking stuff on very quickly. And then maybe four or five hours later, we've got like a complete song. So it's very much like... like two of us working together very hand in hand but then also I think halfway through we sort of sometimes we'll split off and like go into different corners of the room like working on little things and then come back together so it's very chaotic I think and very like fast-paced but I can't think too much about it because 
I get really in my head, so I just have to like turn my brain off and just let it flow from my subconscious or something stupid like that. <laughs> Not stupid at all. I, I 100% know what you mean. We've um we've spoken to a lot of artists recently. We had um I don't know if you know Angie McMahon, the Australian singer songwriter. I don't think I do. She's um, kind of like folky indie rock but um, has also featured on like a Fred Again track. Um, but we had a similar conversation in relation to like sometimes if you're focusing too much on like a piece of the song or a piece of art, trying to perfect it, that it ends up kind of losing it, whereas you need that time away and, and to allow it to almost have some room for error to breathe, if that makes sense, to, to keep the, the... Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that, actually. I think um, things that when I first, like, have, like, left writing it and I listened to it for the first time, the things that at first I'm like, that's not right, after time become the things that I actually love most about the song. Weird little sounds mm. that stayed in that weren't meant <laughs> to be there or, like like two things clashing a bit like it's just it they end up being like the little bits of like personality like you were saying earlier that kind of poke through that I think make things really special Um, 100% yeah (laughs) um I know that we've had yeah two singles this year I know that you've been continuing to kind of write as the year has gone on as well obviously not wanting to get in trouble with your new label who I want to talk about in a sec (laughs) um but I guess are we allowed to ask, are, you, are we working towards something bigger? Can we maybe expect uh, another body of work sometime in the new year? I mean, in the new year, there's definitely going to be more music coming out. I could definitely say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I'm very excited about. It's been, it's been so long since I released music before Splat. It was like a good year. So I'm kind of very excited that there's a nice flow coming out now. Maybe leading to something. I don't know. <laughs> we, we will leave it at that. We will not push for any further details. I don't want to get you or myself in trouble. Um, as I mentioned, this year you signed to Secretly Canadian, which is a fantastic indie label for anyone who's listening to this podcast. Um, it has Glum on their roster. It also has Stella Donnelly, uh, Jens Lenkman, um, who else? Faye Webster, like incredible kind of lineup. Um, how did that come about? How did that kind of happen? Well, um, so how did that happen? So there is um, this really lovely lady called Laura who um, she's always been very kind of involved in my music and she, like, reached out a few years ago. We've been in contact. She's really been very, like, supportive and trying to, like, push me through. And um, she ended up moving to Secretly Canadian and we were still talking, and I guess she must have showed my stuff to the people at Secretly Canadian. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it was just out of the blue one day, I just got, like, like told that, like, there was this whole conversation happening with Secretly, and I was like, what is going on? But I was very excited about it. Um, and, yeah, it was a pretty, like quick process of them being like yeah let's do this and I was like yeah let's do this um, <laughs> yeah it's been great I love it I love it so much I absolutely love that well yes congrats again on signing to Secretly Canadian because it is a brilliant record I am um, I 
I feel like having a look at their roster and the kind of things that they do with their artists, as you said, with new music coming in the future, I know that there's probably going to be some exciting things to come from yourself with them. So very excited to kind of watch that happen next year. Um, Yeah. I know that there is, I think, I think actually, I think it might've already passed. I think that your live dates for the year are done. I think there's maybe one next year at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, oh my God. Let's see if my brain can do it. 19th of January. The the Lexington. Lexington. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You got it. Um, I, um, yeah, I'm super excited for that. I went to a gig at the Lexington a few weeks ago and it was great. So I'm very excited to actually play there. I'm very curious because obviously we haven't had the chance to see you in Australia yet and I will ask about that in a minute as well. But with this project, how do you find taking these songs into the live setting? Like is it the same with a lot going on musically and um, sonically? Do you have a band behind you? Are you finding that you're kind of mixing electronic instruments with organic instruments? Like how how has that process kind of been? Yeah, that's good because I've been um, doing a lot of, like, figuring out the live set recently. Um, So I've got a band which is a guitarist, a drummer and a bassist, but they all also play everything. So it's really (laughs) handy. And they're all my friends. Like, it's just really, like, it's just a very nice um, atmosphere to be in when you're playing on stage and... It's very, with the newer stuff, because it's slightly more bandy, it translates a lot better to live than I think the older stuff does. So it's been really fun working out all the new songs and like bringing that energy into the set. Now it's getting a bit more like upbeat, I guess. Um, But there's, yeah, so it's mostly band and then sometimes we'll pop in a little synth here and there, little SPD bit of fun (laughs) yeah I like to have loads of different things to hop onto I've started using the chaos pad as well that's really fun for the vocals oh nice yeah Yeah, so I'm just um at the moment it's a lot of experimenting with like fun little things to use and make the set a bit more interesting and fun for us to play I think that's 100% fair we um oh my god who was it we spoke to uh, and uh, oh my god, Ameri- um, Sarah Kinsley, who's like an American artist, and mm. she uses the cows pads as well. And like learning about those from her, I feel like without any disrespect to the audience or fans, like it's also kind of nice for you as the artist to be engaged and wanting to. I don't want to say interested because I imagine that you are. It's your show; they're your songs, but you're wanting to also keep things fresh for yourself. You don't want to just kind of repeat the same show time and time and time again. Oh, yeah, exactly. I feel like it's easy to get a bit um, settled into things. I mean, Mm. I'm still always quite nervous going on stage, but I think throwing in new things to be doing, it's very much like stops that fear from taking over. It's like an excitement of trying all these new things (laughs) and... um, You have to concentrate too hard to um, be scared. Exactly. You can't think about the fear if you've got something else to focus on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, With the mention of live shows, I know, as we said, there's the one um, at the Lexington in January. 
possibly down the line, maybe some point later in the year, could we possibly expect to see some glum shows here in Australia? Oh, my God, I'd love to. I have no idea about that far ahead, but I'd love to go to Australia. I always thought as a kid that if I wasn't British, I'd be Australian. I don't know how to explain it. Like, (laughs) if I was, like, born in a different life, I'd love to go to Australia. It's always um, fascinated me being so far away. Uh, I think it'd be great. Hopefully this chat... Wherever it lands up, we'll get it to your label people. We'll try and manifest something (laughs) to happen so we can get you down here to play some shows. Somebody, please, if you'd have (laughs) me. (laughs) Of course. I think that there's going to be plenty of people who would love to come see you. I know um, some people we've spoken to already, massive fans of yourself and your music, so I don't think shows are going to be um, uh, any issue. I think it's more getting yourself and the band on that very long flight down here. So I think that's the, probably the biggest hurdle. Yeah. How long is that flight? 20, 20, I think 26 hours. I don't think I've been on a plane longer than like four or five hours. I, <laughs> I think I would crumble away. It's possible that there's like one or two, like one hour stopovers, but it's still a very long time on the actual plane. So... That's what, have you it's done a, that flight before? Uh, for the first time earlier this year, I flew. Um, we flew from we flew Australia to Europe, and then I flew from London back to where we are in Adelaide. Um, how, and yeah, how, it was how, a how, very long flight. <laughs> yeah, how did you manage it? Was it rough? It was um, actually. It was. It was not too bad. There's a. <laughs> this is terrible. We in no way affiliated with this, but we'll give them a plug. <laughs> There's an app called. Um, is it Timekeeper? Timekeeper. And it actually, if you put in all your flight details, it tells you when to sleep, when to stay awake. So there's no jet lag. It tells you when to like read or do whatever. It's really good. That's good. I've had a lot of friends flying back and forth from America recently and watching their jet lag. And if they don't sleep at the right times, it's been mm. wild. It's crazy how much that like messes you up. I didn't think it was a thing. And then the way over, it definitely was. So I'm glad that we found that app. But um, yeah, when you do come down, please use that app and there'll be no issue with uh, any kind of jet lag or whatever, hopefully. I'll have to make a note. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ella, we would usually ask our guests what they're currently listening to. Is there anything at the moment that you've uh, got on high rotation for yourself? I have been listening to Nine Inch Nails. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But... Like, okay, what's that album with all the mucky stuff on it? I can't remember the name. Let me just get that up real quick because I don't want to get it wrong. Ah, it was literally just there. Um, The Downward Spiral mm-hmm. by Nine Inch Nails. But it's like my journeys aren't ever long enough because I like to listen to music while I'm like on the train and stuff. My journeys are never long enough to listen to the whole album. So I've listened to the first half of that album loads of times, (laughs) but I have not gotten to the second half yet. So I'll let you know what I think of it once I've finished it. Please. Yeah. Let me know. (laughs) Once, once it's, um, once you've been able to find a a transit time long enough to get through, um, yeah, please let us know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But yeah, Piggy is a really good song. I really like the drums at the end. So I've been listening to that one quite a lot. Nice. Very, yeah. very, very solid choice. Um, Ella, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I do appreciate it. Congratulations on Easy Fun, which is the brand new single from Glum. It's out now. We'll put all details in the show notes for people to be able to listen to your music. But thank you again for your time today. 
perfect thank you for having me 